You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Boys in the Booth podcast, episode 90. Welcome to it. Cody, Abrams, and Melbourne. And uh, guys, I think it's safe to say that we are all just exhausted after what was a spectacular weekend up in toronto uh how are you guys doing this evening yeah 100 percent right harp and i had the realization this morning that this weekend's gonna be the exact same thing it's canada day we have thursday off like it's just taking my body through the ringer but hey gotta do what you gotta do yeah yeah this weekend, guys, was awesome. Thanks so much for coming to visit me. Um, it started out, and if you have my girlfriend on Instagram page, you probably saw this. This whole weekend started out with Paige gluing her fingers together with Gorilla Glue. So I was like, that's a bad sign. Here we go. This weekend's going to be a shit show. And it was, but in a good way, I think. We had yeah. a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it was just a great time, man. Being able to get outside, like we got some good weather and we got got to see some friends we haven't seen in a while so it was just fantastic time you know summertime it's hard to be in a bad mood i mean today i was a bit sluggish i think i had to drag myself to you know my laptop at 8 45 today or whenever i drag myself out of bed but that's what the summer's all about it's all about having fun punishing your body and doing it every single weekend or i guess we haven't learned that that's not what summer's about i don't know that's just what we do <laughs> yeah exactly like today took an extra day off work to just recover but I don't know how great of an idea it was because me and my brother ended up walking down to to Blockhouse Island here in in Brockville and having lunch and we walked down and then back and there was a heat warning today and I had like five beers at lunch and I was just exhausted when I got back. So uh, anyways, it was a great weekend. And yeah, like honestly, from here on out, I think there's like something to look forward to pretty much every weekend we've got the pepsi cup coming up and and uh chad your family reunion as well so there's all kinds of stuff i'm really looking forward to it all oh my god before we get into it i want to say since you mentioned the pepsi cup that was a nightmare i recorded a full episode of the podcast harp i don't even know if i told you about this i know i told casey but i recorded a full episode of the podcast with the other pepsi cup captains so adam nate and Corey. and when we were about 45 to 50 minutes into it my laptop said hi i'm restarting and i said why not now but it did and we lost the whole thing. So we're going to do that again <laughs> this week at some point, like maybe Thursday or something. We'll get an episode out because we feel like we owe it to the guys playing in the tournament to give them some sort of content behind the scenes because normally we stream the auction draft and we, we weren't able to this year. So anyways, that is still coming. We haven't forgot about it. Just wanted to, to get that out there, let you guys know. 
Perfect. No, that's great. And uh, yeah, we've still got a bit of time until the Pepsi Cup, which is happening on July 24th. Uh, So looking forward to that. All right, guys, we'll get into a little bit of cap or no cap. Three things there. And then we will uh, tee up the Stanley Cup finals between the Montreal Canadiens and the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're now listening to Cap or No Cap right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. So uh, first one for cap or no cap, Dougie Hamilton will leave the Carolina Hurricanes in free agency. Uh, Cap or no cap case? No cap. I've been looking into this so much lately because there's a multiple teams that are kind of on the radar for Dougie Hamilton in either a sign or trade or in a free agency or just a trade. And then, you know, they've been talking to him like they said that Dougie Hamilton has you know, free range to talk to NHL teams while well, he's doing that because the teams want to know that they can sign him before they trade for him. So you have to expect that they're going to get a pretty good package back for him because of that. But I definitely think that he's going to be on the move. Just looking at like Carolina's cap situation next year, they do have $29 million to work with, but guys, Svechnikov is up and he's yeah. going to take probably 25% of that free space in like a, a seven point something million dollar bridge deal like a three-year seven million kind of think matthew barzell or um i think brock besser and there's a couple other guys that had a contract similar to that he could go the route of nico rantanen because they're a similar player and that guy got multiple years at like 9.2 million and they he had to almost walk right up to arbitration for that one so they want to avoid that they're going to be overpaying svechnikov they also have to pay all three of their goalies like whatever one they want to run with here there's a couple other defensemen that are up like yanni whatever his name is and like a handful of forwards too so there's a lot to deal with there if they pay for dougie on his on his terms it's going to be an overpay and they're going to have like the most expensive back end in the league if they do that so i think that it might be smart for them to trade him because well seattle's got to take one of their defensemen in the first place and they're so heavy back there that they're going to get a good player no matter what if they don't do something like this yeah i'm gonna have to wholeheartedly agree with you here case i think dougie hamilton is as good as gone and it's not because he doesn't want to stay in carolina or carolina doesn't want to keep him i think both of those things could be true but I just think the cap situation isn't going to work out. You mentioned Svechnikov, and I heard, and I don't know if there's much truth in this, but I heard he was offered seven and a half million AAV, and so who knows if that's true? But if it's seven and a half or even eight, like you know, that's gonna get done. Um, I heard Elliot Friedman say earlier today. I was listening to the, his most recent episode of his podcast, and he said that. You know, Svechnikov was really their owner's big pick and he was their guy. And they really want to like wholeheartedly like bet on Svechnikov and being a superstar. So like he's getting done for sure. Um, So there you go. Say like eight million of that. They have to re-sign Nedeljkovic, who is their goalie of the future. And then they have to re-sign one of the two of Reimer or Mrazek as their backup. So right there, like... I don't know what Nadalkovich is worth, but he had a really good year this year as a good young goaltender. So you're looking at tying up a bunch of cap space
series for the long term here. And I just don't think it's worth it to overpay for a guy like Dougie Hamilton because he is a UFA and other teams who have more cap flexibility are going to be able to give that to him. Mm -hmm. I look like I look at a team like Seattle, who I think is in a perfect situation to overpay a little bit for Dougie Hamilton. But in exchange for that, you get essentially the face of your new franchise, a number one defenseman, like a really good superstar player to to sort of build your franchise around. And we know Seattle is going to be building from the back end. So I think that's a fit there. Now, I don't know like the direction or like the philosophy that Seattle is taking into the expansion draft or building their team. I think they're going to build from the back end, like I said, but I think Dougie Hamilton would be a perfect fit there. So yeah, in summary, no cap, he doesn't stay in Carolina. You have to think that you know, Seattle's looking at many different options there. You think back to like Shea Theodore and how they they picked up him, and it's kind of a similar situation. Although Shea had some some term with him, and Dougie is a UFA, so it's a little different. Ron Francis, little little connection there to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, so maybe there is a deal in the works. But yeah, yeah I, I have to assume that Dougie's going somewhere. I, I would say before. I, th- I would hope that a trade is going to happen and, and that would be the most exciting thing for me also when when you talk about the cap space for the carolina hurricanes you think that like 25 percent of it is going to go to svechnikov and personally i still think that they need to go out in free agency and pick up another forward so mm-hmm. i think they should be saving some cap space for there we're, we're talking only internal stuff that they have to take care of but i think they still have to get a guy for in free agency so like the, the the back end's kind of worked itself out it's pretty nice and honestly though Nadal Djokovic. Nadalkovic. You're there. <laughs> I'll never get that name. It's close. Ever. Even when he's a star. It's not a good try. I think Mackenzie Blackwood kind of ruined things for him because Mackenzie touched su- such a nice contract that I think that's kind of what he gets. It's like 2.35 for yeah. a couple of years just to prove himself even more, stand on his head for a shitty team. Not, not Carolina, but... Mackenzie Blackwood and get more money. So I think that's going to be similar. But yeah, we agree. Yeah. My final thought, Harp, just before you jump in on this, is that um, if it was anything like the Brindamore situation, how Rob Brindamore, like the Canes allowed Brindamore to talk to other teams, and that's what they're doing with Dougie Hamilton right now, they've basically said you can talk to whoever you want. And if they offer you something, you can go ahead and take it. I think like the reason they're doing that is they just have a number and they're, they're saying, we'll pay you this, like whether it's 8 million or something for Hamilton, like, I don't know what it is. There's a few comparables around the league, but if you say, okay, we're not going to pay you over 8 million, then someone probably will. And I just think it's, it's likely the case that they lose him because of that internal like cap that they have for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah, go oh, ahead, Case. Sorry. Yeah, just quickly, I like that when people are doing these these kind of uh, predictions of what guys are going to get paid, people are starting to use less of a, a number of salary and more of a like cap um, percentage, mm-hmm. which is really nice because you know when you're in a, a an argument over what Dougie Hamilton should pay, you look at a guy like Roman Yossi who's getting like ten point one percent. Is he as good as Roman Yossi? Is he is he going to contribute as much as that guy does? But then again, like. Oliver Ekman Larson's the same thing. He's like 10.1%. It's like there's arguments to be made both ways in the the Dougie Hamilton camp. Yeah. Ekman Larson's fallen off, though. Like, I think, like, obviously, when he signed that, he was expected to be 
a bit better. And maybe that's a guy who needs to change his scenery to be a bit better. But yeah, it, it'll be an interesting off season for Carolina because they could really like change up the makeup of their team. If they lose Dougie Hamilton and then have some extra cash to go out. And like you said, case, like get a, get another forward or two in free agency to sort of build because I also heard that Martinook will not be back and Fogel's another one. Can you tell I was listening to 31 thoughts like an hour ago? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was too, pal. That's okay. And uh, the, the, we do have to move on. The, yeah. the last thing I'll say though, is that uh, I think Hamilton and his camp are looking at what Alex Petrangelo and other defensemen received last off season with the Vegas golden Knights. And as sort of a comparable um and yeah i agree with what you said chad i think tom dundon and don waddell in carolina are set on a certain number Mm -hmm. but you know what if you want to go and kind of see what's out there and if you get a larger number or want to go in a different direction then you're certainly uh, allowed to do that so anyway it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out chad you mentioned seattle a couple of minutes ago and we'll go there next so uh continuing cap or no cap uh the seattle kraken made the right choice, albeit a surprising one, to hire uh, Dave Haxtell, uh as their, uh, as their uh, head coach, uh, cap or no cap, Chad. Wow, that's a tough one. I'm going to say cap. It's not that I don't like Dave Haxtell or don't think he's capable of being a, a head coach in the NHL, because I think he is. Um, I mean, he has done it in Philadelphia, and he was the assistant in Toronto, and you know, so he's been around and he was sort of, he's always kind of been a guy who's been there. He knows the game. It's not that I don't think he's capable. I just think there were better options on the market um, for the head coaching spot for, for Seattle, the head coaching job. You know, you look at a guy like even Bruce Boudreaux, whose name has been tossed around a ton recently. And that's just, I don't know. I, I feel like there were just some better options, but Maybe it's the case where it's, you know, Hackstall is a DJ Smith and he finally gets his team and he gets to sort of play his players how he wants and he sort of has free reign and he's able to, you know, make that Seattle team sort of pesky like the Sens were this year under DJ Smith. So I think it's an interesting hire. I will say that I like Hackstall enough to say that I'll miss him um, in Toronto because he took what was... Uh, a pretty poor defensive team and he coached them into a pretty good one this season I mean adding you know some good players didn't you know (laughs) it it made it pretty easy for him but um, yeah Haxtell it'll be sad to see him leave Toronto but I think he should do a good job in Seattle I was just a bit surprised so that's why I say that yeah I'm kind of on the fence about this one myself mostly after talking to some other people because my initial reaction was what the hell are yeah, they doing? Weird. Um, but like how you talk about what he did with Toronto's back end. Well, you, you have to know that Seattle's going to be built from the defense, just the way that the expansion drafts work. You, you look at Vegas, it was the exact same thing. They picked great defensemen because there's always going to be a pretty good guy available at number four on a back end. So I think that they're going to be built from the defense. And then there's the question to be asked that, you know, is it crazy to pick up a guy that's a little less experienced and, and an assistant coach? Um, is it crazy because trying to trying to process this? <laughs> I was just thinking it. Um, 
getting a guy that's inexperienced to come in and build a team from scratch like you had to look at vegas getting gallant and like that guy had so much experience and came in and did great things or is it good because he's going to be able to come in and be with the team from the beginning be a part of the picking process and build the team that he the way he wants it you know there's two sides to that but i think we're gonna have to go uh two for two here and agree with you chad i think there was some better options available out there and uh i was pretty shocked to hear that they they grabbed someone else's assistant coach yeah because that that's sort of that's how i feel though too is that i yes i was shocked but i might be like we might be pleasantly surprised because if he can sort of like have a say in how the team is built and like clearly he won't he's not going to be sitting with the gm making the decisions here him and ron francis side you know like having have him on his hip but if he has some say in the players that he gets like i said maybe he can be a dj smith and sort of just walk into that room a fresh room obviously never played a game in the league and sort of just command them and and maybe be more of a a down-to-earth like players coach compared to someone who's extremely experienced like Gallant not saying Gallant isn't you know a friendly players guy but I'm just saying maybe going into a team and not having that experience like you said case could be a positive I don't know I guess we'll see like I think what we've really got from this and this this little conversation is that we were surprised by the hire and we really don't know what to expect but I don't think it can be that bad really yeah yeah no and you know what and Seattle is uh they're doing things differently over there man and and right. uh it's this whole process has been very interesting I personally thought Rick Tockett was going to be the first head coach in franchise history but I mean Hackstall has been a head coach before he did very well at the University of North Dakota and uh so yeah it'll be interesting to see how it plays out roster construction all that kind of stuff and uh all right last one for Capernaum cap Evgeny Kuznetsov's time in Washington has come to an end cap or no cap Casey <laughs> no cap we saw the the quote the other day that they're tired of his antics and like you had to have seen this coming ever since like the the cocaine incident and all, all the stuff that's going on with him dodging protocols and hanging out with the other Russians in hotel rooms during the bubble like there's just so much going on with him and and Washington has other options here. They can, I think they're almost ready to maybe even start on the downslope. So it's like, yeah, now's the time to kind of move on from Kuznetsov. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree here. Uh, So I guess that would be no cap. Is that how I would answer this one? Anyways, Kuznetsov, his time is done uh, in, in Washington. I think, like you said, seeing that quote, in, in saying that Washington is done with his antics, it's like, you know, you don't hear that kind of stuff if the writing isn't already on the wall. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's it's almost inevitable at this point. And if he does stay, like, I, I will personally be shocked. But I think there are a handful of teams out there who are looking for a good number one center. And Kuznetsov can be that. So I think there are a lot of teams that would gladly take Kuznetsov despite his antics. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, like when they won in 2018, he was a big part of that cup run. He drove yeah. the play offensively and he just hasn't been the same. And they've been out in the first round three years straight and also the off ice antics. So, yeah, no, they're all but done with him, I think. And he'll he'll go and get an opportunity elsewhere, whether it's, you know, Vegas, Minnesota, like whoever, uh, whichever team needs a number one center. 
Vegas and, might not be the, the best place for him. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Case uh, made made that uh, that great comment over the weekend when we were talking about this. But uh, yeah, and we should mention too that that uh, that report came from Frank Saravalli, who uh, is with Daily Faceoff now. He just left TSN, but uh, is a very reliable analyst. So um, yeah, I think it's likely that the Capitals move on from. I want to put a cherry on top of this one, okay? I'm going to leave names out of this, but you're going to figure it out pretty quick. There was also a certain NHL player that allegedly drove himself drunk into a Tim Hortons a few years ago. He got a chance with a different team, is now their captain, and won the Smythe two years ago. So, second chance. We all know who that is. (laughs) Yes, we do. Even more so me. Yeah. (laughs) As, uh, yeah, yeah. That, oh fantastic trade oh my god um, <laughs> all right no that's good stuff guys cap or no cap for episode 90 summer's coming are you ready to unveil your beach bod today's episode is brought to you by manscaped our go-to for men's full body grooming products from the legends who introduced the greatest electric ball hair trimmer ever manscaped is now introducing the ultra smooth package a razor and formulation kit designed for the brave men out there who like to go to the skin when they trim their balls your new nickname is going to be the bald eagle after using the ultra smooth package men there's nothing worse than ingrown hairs when you go to the skin especially when it's summer bod season it's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with the code bitb20 if you saw my most recent instagram post you would know that the boys in the booth aren't just shaved down to the skin we're shaved down to the bone and manscaped helped us out with that manscaped also just launched their new and improved lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer just in time for post-covid summer your pubes don't stand a chance because the lawnmower 4.0 is the greatest piece of glizzy grooming engineering this world has ever seen the manscaped ultra smooth package is a three-step kit to make your package the perfect package step one crop exfoliator infused with the ingredients that help reduce risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places step two crop gel see where you've been shaving with our unique shaving gel that's clear and it's just for your groin with four essential oils it's like a spa treatment every time you shave step three it's time to shave the crop shaver is not just your average razor it's a smaller thicker with a microcomb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle all three of these vegan cruelty-free and sulfate-free products are included so you know your manhood is in good hands beach season is upon us and it's time to get rid of that bear rug on your chest with the ultra smooth package and lawnmower 4.0 from manscaped so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code bitv20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code bitv20 at manscaped.com Trim your chesticles with the besticles with Manscaped. We'll now get into uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. And who saw this coming? The Montreal Canadiens uh, making it to the Cup Finals, and they will face the Tampa Bay Lightning. So in a normal year, 
this would not happen, right? Two teams in the Eastern Conference, two teams in the same division, actually, in a normal season, the Atlantic. Uh, and to to set this one up, of course, uh, Montreal with that game six overtime win, Arturi Lekkinen getting the game winner uh, to eliminate the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that was last week at the Bell Center. And then uh, the New York Islanders coming up so, like, just coming up short they were so close but uh, Andre Vasilevsky yet again with another shutout in a series clinching game and uh, Tampa wins in game seven to move on to the cup finals for the second straight year so uh, we set this one up guys and uh, Chad we, we'll start with you first I know you want to jump in on Vasilevsky and and Tampa Bay and all of it uh, who have you got winning the Stanley Cup in this series how many games and just kind of your breakdown of what you see happening here I first of all I just cannot believe that this is the Stanley Cup final that we are seeing. Um, I am thankful that it's Tampa and Montreal rather than the New York Islanders and the New York Islanders light. That would have been a hell of a time in the Stanley Cup final for me to watch. That would have been the team that John Tavares left and somehow got better against the team who came back from 3-1 and beat the Leafs this year, who finished 18th in the NHL regular season. So that would have been an absolute nightmare for me personally as a Leaf fan. So um, thank God we don't have that. But Montreal is here, and they're playing Tampa Bay. And I have bet against Montreal every single series for the first three rounds. So I'm going to have to go with Montreal, I think, here. Because if I don't, they'll win the cup and I will cry of embarrassment uh, for, for being a Leaf fan, for the NHL, for letting this happen. I will cry. So I'm going to go with Montreal in seven games. And I think the way they do it is Cole Caulfield continues his his really great playoff run that he's he has going right now if he scores one more point uh and he gets added to i believe it's the all-time rookie skater list for for points in his first playoff and you could check me with that but i think he cracks the top 10 if he gets another point or might be points per game or something i saw a post about that today so so he's had having a great playoff i think he is contributing to it for sure nick suzuki has to keep up his great play um and then you've got carry price the you know that's the obvious one that's the low-hanging fruit and if carry price can steal some games here which we know he's capable of then montreal could definitely do it um i do want to say though harp you mentioned vasilevsky and i definitely want to talk about him too because how crazy is that stat like four straight series clinching shutouts are you kidding me that is a joke like and we were talking about it like we had the game on here when you guys were over and and we all agreed me you casey and uh john kiriaku uh former guest on the show here he'll be on again in in due time but we all agreed that if you need a goalie to win you a game like it's got to be vasilevsky he's the best of the best in the world right now so it's gonna come like i think this series is gonna come down to goaltending but the reason that like i guess i'm gonna go with montreal is because 
Carey Price deserves it. I would love to see that guy hoist a cup. Like, I know I hate the Habs and stuff and I rag on them, but what a story it would be if Carey Price can finally drag this team to a Stanley Cup final and, and win it. So that's my prediction. I'm going with the Habs because I've gone against them every time here and every time I've gone against them, they've won. So hopefully some hockey voodoo from the hockey gods can change here and and you know it, it'll work out in my favor but that's my prediction I don't know if I fully believe it but I think it will be a close series and uh yeah just some my initial thoughts there case this is going to be hard to follow I'm going to just go ahead and say that right now because yeah. this series breaks my brain it's ludicrous like, you want to know what one thing I'm not looking forward to is the conversation that we're going to hear constantly about people going well Look at the NHL. Look at the parity in the NHL. Let's compare it to the NBA or compare it to the NFL. Look at the parity in the NHL. Montreal, a team below 500, is in the Stanley Cup Finals. And then the other guy in the conversation is going to go, Tampa Bay is going back-to-back to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's like, just confuse the hell out of the sport world, why don't you? And, yeah, Montreal making it all this way just blows my mind. Chad, we had a very similar uh, mentality going into this because I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I was right on every single series in the East Conference, but I went against Montreal in every series in the West, and they've won every single time. So I was going to do the same thing as you and say, I'm going to take Montreal so that you know Tampa Bay goes back-to-back and Patty Maroon gets three cups in a row. Yeah, But... I can't do it. I just can't do it. You know, this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying this is going to be hard to follow because there's so many thoughts going through my brain. You're like, I'm thinking, oh, well, Vasilevsky, you know, I guess it's it's going to come down to goaltending. And this is the first time that Montreal's seen a good goalie. Well, no, they, no. Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin Lehner, Connor Hellebuck. It's like, oh, blows my mind. It's like, I'm just so confused at all of this about what's happening. And, um, that being said, you know, I, I think back to a comment that you made over the weekend where you said that Montreal is just the New York Islanders light mm-hmm. and uh, the New York Islanders couldn't solve Tampa Bay. So I really am in the end going to go with Tampa Bay here. And I think it also goes to game seven. I think this is going to be a wild series to watch. And frankly, I'm fine with either team winning the cup at this point. Happy to see it come back to Canada. Also happy to see Tampa Bay go back to back because I think they're just such a fantastic team to watch. So exciting and so great for the sport. Mm hmm. They're just so well built top to bottom and you just love to see that finally pay off. And something interesting too, I heard the other day, it was after, so do you remember back in 2015 when the Chicago Blackhawks exploited the cap situation, Patrick Kane was out all year and they ended up being $5 million over the cap when they won in 2015. Okay. So that was the first time a team had really exploited that loophole. Well, since then, Every other team in the league has done it. And it was actually Tampa Bay, their management in the offseason of between 2015 and 16, when they said uh, to the league in, in the GM's meeting or whatever, they said, you know, we should close this loophole. It was Tampa Bay who brought this up and said, you shouldn't be able to spend money over the cap after the playoffs. That makes no sense. And they brought it to the league and essentially everybody voted it down almost unanimously. And Tampa Bay looked at that vote and said, okay, watch me. And here we are, we're 
six years later, six years into the future, and Tampa Bay is $17 million over the salary cap, and they are just rubbing it in the faces of all the other teams who shot this down because now they are exploiting this cap situation, cap circumvention, better than anyone has ever done. And it's hilarious. I absolutely love like the knowledge and the whatever you want to call it, but just the balls to be able to do that, and and just the wherewithal to to just build this team. Like I I absolutely love it, and that's why I want Tampa Bay to win. And ultimately, like if you want to know my my true thoughts, I think they will. I think they're the best team in the league. They have been for the last like three years. They will be for the next few. But yeah, so that's, I just thought that was funny to bring up because like literally Tampa Bay is exploiting it more than anyone ever has. And they were the ones who said, let's close this shit. But so I just love that great team built top to bottom. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Harp, I think you were going to jump in before I rudely interrupted you, but sorry about that. No, that's fine. It's a great point to bring up. And like, if you're Tampa Bay, Julian Brisebois and company, you're being like, okay, well, like we tried to fix this, make it fair for, you know, for the rest of the league, but no. Okay. Well, we're going to use this to our advantage and, and uh, try to have uh, success once again. So you know, I'm in the same boat as you guys, and we're certainly not the only ones to go against the Montreal Canadiens in every single series. I am guilty of that as well, and uh, I'm I'm gonna do it one more time and and see and see what happens. But I do see this series going the distance, going seven games, and Tampa Bay winning it. I just think both of these teams are, are are built so similarly. They've got two studs in net, the offensive firepower and the skill up front. And then they've got those gritty like role players and both big back ends too. Like I just think that whichever way these teams want to play, they can certainly do that. You know, is it going to be bumping and grinding the whole time? Is it going to be skill and speed and offense the whole time? Like, both of these teams can do either or, and I think it's going to be a really entertaining series, but uh, I will take the Tampa Bay Lightning to go back-to-back years and uh, and win this series in, in seven games. I think that... Uh, they're just they've just got so many weapons and uh Vasilevsky and that power play and everything and the way a guy like Braden Point has played and everything I just I do like Tampa Bay and give them the edge but very happy for Montreal and the run that they have been on like game six against Vegas was the first playoff game guys swear to God that I actually sat down and watched start to finish and I and I sat there and said to myself you know Montreal really is built like a playoff team and so they they do deserve to be in this position um, and case like you said I kind of am good with either team winning it at this point obviously would be be great uh would be a great story either way like montreal winning their first cup since 93 the cup coming back to canada or you get the tampa bay lightning winning for the second year in a row and patty maroon is just sloshed for the third year in a row and uh, and gets the hoist the stanley cup again and so um yeah but i'm taking tampa bay in seven games i give them the slight edge but it's going to be a great series i think and i i do see this going the distance 
Yeah, kind of my deciding factor on, on just sticking with my guns and going with Tampa Bay is is thinking that if there's one team that's going to solve Carey Price, it's going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning where they can just yeah. score up and down the lineup and have superstars. And then if there's one team that's clip this because you're going to use it in two weeks when they hoist the cup. But if there's one team that's not going to, or one team that's going to solve Vasilevsky, it's not the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So that's my like final decision there. Um, one thing I do want to say though, which is kind of thinking about it. And I know this is an unpopular opinion, maybe not on this podcast. I know Chad, you think the same way, but I really don't like the NBA at all. I know I'm pissing <laughs> off a lot of people like Nate gone, you and Adam James and yeah. Corey and whatever. I don't I either. I hate it so much. And that stat that you posted the other day, what was it? Like, there's no player in the top 35 in points left in the playoffs yeah. in the last three teams. That just is so great to me looking at that. You can't you can't win with one player. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. All- Whereas, like, you build a super team in, in Brooklyn and or the Nets or whatever, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, well, like there, I posted the one stat the other day too, where it's like to get to the the ratio of the better team in the standings to win eighty percent of the time in a playoff series, which they do in the NBA. So that's the benchmark. The best team wins eighty percent of the time. To get for that to happen in the NHL, you would need to play a best of fifty-one series rather than a best of seven. So like that tells you how close the NHL is uh, in terms of parity in the league. I mean, a team finishing 18th in the NHL, making it to the fucking cup final, that's a bit extreme, but it is what it is. It's the game we love. But I have a few like a few more thoughts on this series. I don't know if you guys can, can go for a bit longer, but I've got a few more thoughts here. First, I want to say that no matter who wins this series, I'm going to hear about it as a Leafs fan. So I'm either going to hear about it from Nate who told me all year long that Tampa Bay was going to win the cup and never wavered at all, even when, you know, they were down in a, in, in a game or whatever. Like, he just never – it's like they're the best team, whatever. Or I'm going to hear about it from my whole family on my mom's side, you know, my, my uncles and cousins and also, like, Adam, James, and, like, all of my Habs friends and Paige's dad. They're going to say, you know, like – this team could do it. They were built for the playoffs and stuff. And at this point, I'm going to hear it either way, whether they win or not, which is already, crazy. Already been hearing it from Alan. Yeah, so. yeah it's yeah. insane. Like, so the damage is already done. So like that sucks for me personally. So I just want to see Tampa win. But even if Tampa does win, I'm still going to hear about how they made it to a cup, a cup final before the Leafs did. And actually, John told me this stat on the weekend. He said that, and this is true. And it was just something I hadn't thought of before. But since 2004, so when the Flames lost to Tampa in the cup final, since 2004, every Canadian team has made at least one cup final except for the Maple Leafs and the Jets. But the Jets don't really count because they were only re, like put into the league in, what, 2011 or something, 2012, I forget. So that's just heartbreaking now listening to that. Like, it's just, it, it puts me in a bad mood, <laughs> like even saying that out loud. But so those are a few things. But okay, now about the actual series. 
I just like how can you bet against Tampa, man? Like I know I am because I want Montreal to lose, and that's why I'm doing <laughs> this whole thing. But like I think Tampa probably wins in five games. I think Montreal might win tonight, and Tampa wins the next four because they're that good. Um, and Vasilevsky gets a shutout in his series clinching game because of why? Why wouldn't he? He's done it four times in a row. But like, what one of these teams is better off the rush? Well. That's Tampa Bay. They have Nikita Kucherov and they have Braden Point and they have Steven Stamkos and they have good rush players. Okay, well, what team is better on the cycle and on the forecheck? Well, that's also Tampa Bay. They have guys who bang and crash in the corners are one of the best forechecking teams in the league. Who is better on defense? Well, Tampa Bay probably has the best D in the league, like their top five is elite. Like you have Sergachev playing third pairing minutes some nights, and you've got Chernak on your third pair. Like it's really, really good. And it's just like you look up and down this lineup, and they're 100% the better team. They can outscore you if they want, if they want to play that style one night. They can outhit you if they want, if that's the style they want to play another night. They can beat you 2 1 which like they do a lot or they can beat you six nothing because they have the guys who can just rip it like Tampa is just all around the better team and if they don't win this series I will be absolutely shocked and this is another one that you can clip and send to Alan at Mansky to write about on boysinthebooth.com slash forum and he can write about how nobody believed in the Habs because I certainly don't like in this series I just really don't I'm just so blown away and I'll stop ranting because all the Habs listeners have turned it off by now but it's just like I am just so blown away that this is even happening I just can't believe it yeah um I don't really want to touch this with a 10-foot board because we have to wrap up and it's a real conversation to have but i am going to change my uh prediction i'm going to change it to the refs in seven they've won every other series so far so that's 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 cheeky that is one uh one one more interesting thing guys i think i brought it up over the weekend but uh like it's got to be difficult being Jonathan Drouin right now. And uh, obviously, you know, hope he's okay with his mental well-being and, and everything. But took a leave of absence from the team a little while ago. And it's like, man, you got to be kicking yourself now. Like your team makes it to the Stanley Cup finals, potentially uh, will will win for the first time since 93. You're a French-born player on a long-term deal, and you get to face the team that traded you um, in in the Stanley Cup Finals. And so, obviously, like because Druan and and Sergachev yeah. uh, swapped teams, and so just looking at that little connection. But ah, uh, oh, man. But That's you know what? Like, even if he was healthy. I don't know if he would even crack this Montreal lineup well, because that's... they've just like they've they've stuck with the same guys since day one and and um you know like you'd have to look at a guy like Jake Evans being the first to kind of go in if someone is not able to go like Armia was you know there was a concern there and it, there was talk about Evans getting back in, but guys like Drouin and Tatar just not being able to go. So anyway, I just like, you guys know, I like to look at connections and series and, and things like that. And 
man, if you're Jonathan Druan, obviously hope he's well and everything, but you got to be kicking yourself right now. Yeah. And what I want to say to that point, Harp, of would he be cracking the roster is I really hope that he doesn't think the same way I do because it would get even worse on his mental health to think that um, my team is in the Stanley Cup finals because I'm not playing. That would be my my mentality the way i would look at this you know i come out of the lineup and our team barely makes the playoffs and they win or they go to the cup final it's like that's got to be hard on anybody yeah i yeah personally just talking about strictly lineup i don't really want to get into speculating what all of this was about and why he's out but you, you mentioned Harb, like maybe he wouldn't even crack the lineup and imagine that like coming back in the playoffs or something and then being told well we've got our 12 guys up front who we like to go like that would be devastating too to hear that and Montreal like I, I mean this would be a totally different situation and I'm sure that it, they would treat it very delicately if he were to say okay I'd like to come play because that would also be cool if he came and played a game and they won and then you know, he gets to celebrate with his team, but that would, uh, like, like Montreal is a team that is not afraid to scratch good players like Thomas Tatar. So that's, that's something that isn't foreign to them. I think Ducharme has his group of guys that he likes. So that would also be something to think about. Now, I don't think he plans to come back. We haven't heard any rumblings at all, but we do know that it's not a physical injury or we don't believe it is. So it could be a possibility, so I guess I kind of just wanted to float that out there because that would be really cool, don't you think? He comes back, plays one game, they win the cup. Like that, that would be just so. What a story it would be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I'm looking at the lineup just now, and it's like I don't know where I would slide him in because, like, you all, Armia has been one of the like low key best players in the playoffs. Paul yeah. Byron, a guy who's been on waivers. Uh, a handful of times this year has been playing fantastic in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, where do you even put him in? I don't well, know. You could take Caulfield out and then ice the same team that you did against the Leafs for the first three games. <laughs> like, like I don't understand why he wasn't playing. He's their best player. One of. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is going to be a great series. And again, going back to the goaltenders, I am so excited to see Price and Vasilevsky duel it out. So this is going to be a, a great series, I think. Uh, good with whoever wins. Tampa Bay could win uh, for the second straight year or Montreal for the first time since 1993. Guys, any final thoughts uh, before we wrap up here? Nope. I think it's the case, and you can check this, you can fact check me, but I think it's the case that this is the first time two former Vesna winners have met in the Stanley Cup final since Dominic Hasek and uh, Ed Belfour when the whole the foot in the crease goal went in. Do you guys remember that? Of course you do, Harp, but... Sabre stars, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure this is the first time that two Vesna trophy winners have met in the Stanley Cup final since that game or since that series. Hmm. So pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, both former 
first uh, first round picks with uh, pretty big price tags, but they deserve them. Like they've both been fantastic. So I think that is the key matchup to watch out for. Anyway, going to be a great series. Stanley Cup Finals 2021, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. As Chad mentioned uh, earlier in the show, we're going to have a uh, Pepsi Cup preview episode uh, coming out at some point with uh, the other three captains and, uh, and Chad. So anyways, looking forward to all that stuff stuff lots to look forward to in general like we said early on thank you so much for listening to episode 90 we will talk to you again next week this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 